happy moment. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Kaiju Groupie Podcast. I am your host, Michael, better known as the Kaiju Groupie, and today I have a really great conversation for you guys. I sat down with my friend and fellow Kaiju enthusiast, Elijah Thomas. Elijah is the host of the Kaiju Conversations Podcast and one of the commentators featured during the last two Kaiju Quarantine events over Discord. But first, I do need to do a little bit of housekeeping because we did get some more listener feedback by way of another Apple Podcast review. This review comes from username Nate Big Red Marchand. The title of the review is The First and Only, and the review reads like this. There's nothing like this out there in the ever-growing menagerie of kaiju podcasts. This isn't about films, toys, or video games. It's about people. Michael is doing a great service to the kaiju fans by interviewing not the actors or directors, but the members of the fandom who are doing great things, and for that reason alone, it deserves your ears. Five stars. Well, Nathan, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure hearing from you. And listener, if you want to be just like Nathan and help out the show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, I promise I will read comments on a future episode. You can also email your feedback to kaijugroupypod at gmail.com. So with that, Elijah and I will meet you after the break. Obey the babysitter. B. Beg to stay up. C. Hit her with thermonuclear breath. It's Godzilla, king of the monsters. His eyes flash as he roars. His arms swing, feet stomp, tail whips. Godzilla rules. Collect Godzilla and all his friends of destruction. Then fight the ultimate battle when no one is safe. Cool hair. Batteries not included. From Trendmasters. Yes. I have my good friend, Elijah Thomas of the Kaiju Conversations podcast. Elijah, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing just fine, Michael. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, absolutely. And before we get started, um, I got a random Facebook message from Travis, and he told me to ask you, what do you think about Ultraman having a booty? I'm not um, quite sure where I'm not quite sure what the context is there, but <laughs> um, well, I have to say that is Japan's ass. <laughs> um, for context, it's the, one of the variant covers to the second issue of the Marvel uh, Ultraman comics. 
Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh was it is it cover three? Because I just saw it literally like 15 minutes ago. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I because I, I even sent it to Travis and he may have even sent it to you. I have no idea. But he told me to ask you, what do you think about Ultraman's? <laughs> so uh there you go, listener. We that's how we start this podcast. That's how we start this conversation with uh, Ultraman's booty. There you go. Uh, <laughs> well, man, it's, you know, it's been a lot of fun talking with you so far. I mean, we've been on this call already for probably almost 30 minutes now, just, just riffing off of each other. And, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to have you on. I thought it was going to be a fun conversation to have because, you know, you have been such a huge part of the kaiju community at large so if you want to uh share as much or as little as you as you choose about who you are and the work you do oh wow um so uh i don't think i'm that large in the community but okay (laughs) um so i do host the kaiju conversation podcast it's been on a bit of a hiatus for a bit but um things are starting to get back in the shape of things and getting my schedule set up so that's going to start happening again um i've done youtube uh still doing it every once in a while discussion stop motion all that stuff a few fan films for g fest um um i think one thing we're going to talk about is my figure photography on instagram yep uh that i'm really into now uh and this is just kind of my little narcissistic narcissistic card here but uh i currently own and help run the fourth largest godzilla discord server um and then i could give the other stats about tokusatsu and kaiju servers but i feel like that'd get a little boring after a while um and then probably the biggest thing i've done at least i think um was a while back i wrote an article for godzillamovies.com it was a review about the criterion set that has become a meme on my server (laughs) because i do not like it (laughs) oh mm. well ladies and gentlemen we're gonna have to cut this episode short thank you elijah (laughs) for being on the show i really appreciate it man oh but anyway that that's super interesting man uh i know that you ran like either the i couldn't remember what the what the ranking was uh, for I, I actually wanted to say the second largest uh mm-hmm. kaiju tokusatsu related Discord server on the interwebs today, which is almost. actually almost, which is which is actually really impressive considering. Um, I think Travis and I had this conversation a few weeks ago. Maybe it was on Kaiju Week. I can't remember, or it was maybe in private chat. I have no idea. Um, about how. Although the 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 kaiju and tokusatsu fandom feels really huge right now, it's mm-hmm. really not. Mm-hmm. As as in far as far as numbers and things go, because of course you've got Star Wars, Star Trek, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe to compete with, and so in comparison, I mean we're pretty minuscule, mm-hmm. uh, but we're growing. We're growing yes. though. You know, you know, we talked about uh, I think it was a few weeks ago uh, when I had Travis on about the. Um, about that, about the kaiju renaissance that we're sort of in the middle of with, you know, the Criterion set and now Ultraman and now Gamera is going to be coming next month at the time of this recording. So, yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of so much awesome content, but I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to kind of focus the conversation, at least this part of the conversation on your work for kaiju conversations. 
the podcast that you host. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Why did you start the podcast, first of all, and what has kept you going all this time? Um, great question. So uh, here's a fun fact. I technically didn't start the podcast. Oh, really? Um, yes, some uh, old friends of mine started it. Um, and we did a few episodes. Um, the There's a lot of butting heads. Um, and then some drama happened. And uh, it ended up... Because there was a total of three of us. Um, mm-hmm. Really, uh, me and one guy, we were pretty good. Um, I mostly butted heads with another guy. Because um, whenever I get into something, I am in it. I... I you know, I want it to be the best I can make it, um, and I want to put out quality stuff. So I was always pushing for, like, let's, you know, schedule this, let's do this, let's work on this. Um, which I took that uh, whenever I was in school, a uh, teacher kept hammering it in my head, like, be a leader, not a follower. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think I'm a leader too much. <laughs> um, but... uh so that ha- that went on for about six months, um, and then the two guys had stuff they had to do, and so they stepped down, uh, and then I took over. Um, it's been a bit rough. Um, it's really hard to find people that really want to podcast. Um, most of it, I think, is a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to podcast. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah. think, oh, you just... Once a week, you sit around and you record something and you're ready to go. But there's so much more that goes into that, Um, which I have always been kind of surprised at how some people look down on podcasts because of that. Um, Because this is a very stressful, uh, time-consuming, and very uh, complicated process you have to do for everything. And really what has kept me going and what's getting me to the point of now I'm getting back on my feet is not only the uh, constant uh, emotional help from my moderators um, from my server because the server's connected to the podcast. And like if I need like, oh, should I do this? You know, I run it by them because they're a small little group of people. I can ask them. Um, and they've all been supportive, uh, and I, I appreciate that so much. And then on top of that, I am stubborn, so (laughs) I am not going to give up simply because it gets tough. I'm going to keep going until I'm dead tired and I can't do it anymore. So really that's what keeps me going. And then, uh, one of the biggest things, uh, as of late uh, that I can think of that really set my mood back was uh, Kaiju Quarantine. Uh, oh, yeah. I, the first one, um, the second one did it too, but that first one, um, I, I told my moderators, I, I, I think the direct quote was, I have faith in the community again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, just all of those good things just kind of add up to what makes me keep going and progressing through this uh, wonderful ride of a podcast. Right. 
I mean, it's it's super interesting. And you touched on something a little bit there that a lot of folks don't really take into account is you're right. You know, a lot of folks, their perception of podcasts are you have a microphone, you have a computer, sit down, talk. There you go. But mm-hmm. you're right. There's a whole lot more that goes into it. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, you know, what little bit of experience I have with podcasting, I'm coming to f- to realize that it is a lot more work than maybe even than maybe even I signed up for. The only reason I'm doing this in general is for my love of the community, my love of mm-hmm. the fandom. Um, if I didn't love this fandom and community so much, I probably wouldn't even bother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, and that's that's a great thing to touch upon. Is uh, I, I know I didn't bring it up, but um, you know, if you want to be a podcaster, you have to have faith and love for what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, which that is another part is um, I am where, near where I'm at. Uh, a lot of people have basically typecast me as, oh, that's the guy that likes Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've been told by people, you should do panels. You know all this stuff. You could talk about this for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's what led me to start my podcasting journey was I knew stuff. I had stuff I wanted to say. Right. And podcasting is a fun way to do that. Oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. I think if it was not for uh, my time on Kaiju Weekly that, you know, continues to this day, uh, if it was not for Travis inviting me on Kaiju Weekly, I probably would not be as integrated into the fandom as deeply as I am now. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I have been able to meet some fantastic people uh, through my interactions with the podcast and some other platforms that I'm a part of, um, you know, specifically you, Travis, David and Chris at Kaiju Apostle, uh, Eric and Alex at Monsters vs. Men, Nathan at the Monster Island Film Vault, and just sort of the list goes on and on of people that I would consider now to be very good friends of mine. whereas you know, several years ago when it was just me and my love of Godzilla uh, 2014, I kind of just felt by myself. But yeah, I, I want to dive just a little bit deeper into sort of your background, not just a podcaster, not just a kaiju podcaster, but how did you even get started in the fandom to begin with? What ignited this love for Godzilla and tokusatsu? Well, that's a great question. Uh, so. Really what started me on this journey, um, very financially um, exhausting journey, (laughs) Um, when I was four-ish years old, uh, I loved Transformers. I had a weird obsession. Now, not uh, the Michael Bay or the Beast Wars or any of that. My love was the 1986 movie. I love that movie. All right. I had that on a recorded VHS tape, and I'm pretty sure I wore that tape out. I love that movie, but specifically Grimlock. Um, There was something about a robotic dinosaur that breathes fire that was cool to me. Oh, well, yeah, duh. (laughs) Um, And then one day my aunt came by, and she was getting rid of a bunch of toys that her son-in-law had. Mm -hmm. And I opened the crate, 
And on top were three figures that I had never seen before. The rest were dinosaurs. But mm. these three were uh, Trendmasters figures. Oh, Mecha okay. King Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mecha Godzilla. Uh, the Heisei Mecha Godzilla. Yes. Oh, yeah, because I, I know which. I, did you have the the six inch, eight inch figures or did you have the bigger ones? Um, I think it was the six inch because it was the ones with the red button that would roar. Yep. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I had. And that little dumpy uh, Heisei sort of it looks sort of like a a cross between uh, uh, 1954 and 1984 Godzilla. I did not have that one, but uh, I do know that one. Yeah, uh, that's the one. I think that was my first, aside from the Imperial, mm-hmm. that was my first one, I believe. I want to say, I'm pretty confident that was my first one. <laughs> I love those figures. Uh, Trend Masters was always my favorite toy line outside of Imperial and Shogun Warrior. Um, but yeah, I saw the Mecha Godzilla, and again, I'm a four-year-old child, and I see that giant dinosaur robot so i grab it and i'm like i've always wanted a grimlock toy um and then my aunt goes up to me and gate keeps me saying that's not grimlock that's mechagodzilla oh then i ask okay. uh then i ask what's mechagodzilla and then she lets me borrow her terror of mechagodzilla vhs tape um she had majority of the show of films uh, in none of the highest days. So I grew up on Showa. Um, I, it wasn't till I was like seven, I think, till I actually started seeing the high say films. Um, so I watched majority of the Showa films. Um, and with each movie, I got more and more into Tokusatsu and specifically Godzilla. Um, now, well, let me ask you really quickly here. What was if do you remember what your first Showa film was? Terror of Mechagodzilla. OK. All right. So uh, you started off really good. My first yes. um, my first show film, which I'm not I'm not shame, I'm not ashamed to say it now. I used maybe a few years ago, maybe. But my first show film was um, uh, Godzilla Raids Again. Ooh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the typical re- yeah that's the reaction that i usually get is, wow and you're still in the you still like it and i still yeah to this day in fact i i am not ashamed to say it i am a i am showa forever i mean showa agreed i am i am showa hands down i mean i like mm-hmm. the heisei the millennium's good uh legendary's awesome of course but there's just something about the Showa era that just made me fall in love with this, with this franchise. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, again, going back to my server, it's basically a meme. I love Showa. So, Mm -hmm. um, really anytime I talk, it's generally Showa because I love it so much. Um, and I've got a lot of appreciation for that era in the behind the scenes, uh, what we see on camera and so forth. I, I just adore all of that. Um, I th- think it went Terror of Mechagodzilla, Mothra versus Godzilla, um, Godzilla King of the Monster. Wait, 
No, it was uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla, Ghidorah the mm. Threaded Monster, Godzilla versus the Thing when it was released. Um, okay. And then I think it was Son of Godzilla or King Kong yeah. versus. It was yeah, one that was two. the uh, that was the working title for God, uh, Mothra versus Godzilla on cable television was Godzilla versus the Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my first very first exposure to the franchise and the show of films was during that marathon on TNT. And like it was like mm-hmm. 90, what was it, 94, 93, 94, something like that. Just fell in love. I found this this marathon on television. It was like New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my parents, <clears throat> I talk about this a lot because it's such an influence on my fandom. I mean, you know, my parents stayed up all night long recording each movie for me. I think there was like 13 total. Mm-hmm. Um, they left out a couple. I think one of them at the time, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla has not had not made it stateside yet. At least, to, at least on cable television, it had not made it to, had not made it stateside yet. So, I watched Raise Again, Fifty Four, uh, Mothra versus Godzilla, uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla. I didn't see Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla seventy four until many, many years later. And what's funny um, now that you bring up all of those movies is um, now I refer to them as their correct titles, but mm-hmm. at that time, like Mechagodzilla seventy four was Cosmic Monster. Oh, yeah. Um, Ebra Horror of the Deep was Sea Monster. Kedra uh, mm-hmm. was Smog Monster. Gigan was on Monster Island and so forth, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny to think, like, at that time, those were the titles that everybody knew them as. Yeah. I, um, I think my first, I think one of my first VHSs, uh, my mom bought it for me at the dollar store of all places at the dollar general back when they had like uh VHS tapes at the counter mm-hmm. at the little checkout counter. And you could just, and they were like what three and $5 VHSs. And um, my first uh, VHSs that she ever brought home for me was uh, Godzilla versus the cosmic monster, which we later find out is Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla from 74 and Godzilla versus Megalon. Those were my first two VHS tapes that I ever owned in my fandom. Mm-hmm. And so I know that Megalon catches a lot of shit, um, but it really is a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Even with all of its faults, it's a fun movie. And I know you really love the film. Yes, uh, I respect that movie and love it for what it did on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of get upset when people kind of, you know, say it's a bad movie because, you know, it, like we were talking before, without Megalon, the fandom is nothing. Um, it would have, without Megalon, the old guard would have never been a thing, which would have led to no G-Fest and et cetera, et cetera. Who knows where we could be at now? Maybe we would be a quarter of what a niche fandom we already are mm-hmm. um so yeah i respect that film greatly um and it's not that bad um you know it's got some issues especially with the original version where there's some clear editing uh issues especially at the end but you know it's fun it's not supposed to be this serious film so I've always liked it. I've never hated it. I think that's the reason why I 
unabashedly love King of the Monsters so much is because it reminds me so much of that magic that we that we got during the Showa era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm in the same boat. I really like King of the Monsters for its ridiculous plots and its <laughs> really goofy stuff. You know, I I am a very strong defender being realistic and uh, being based in reality are very different things. So whenever people are like, oh, it's not realistic, I don't really care. Uh, I love just the crazy stuff. I typically push back and say, well, is any of the stuff we enjoy in this fandom overtly realistic? Mm Mm-hmm. That's usually my go-to. We're a fandom about a giant fire-breathing lizard. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, you kind of got to take that. You got to kind of take those comments with a grain of salt because I've interacted with a lot of fans uh, who actually came in with either King of the Monsters or 2014. Mm -hmm. And I recognize their faults. Uh, There's there's no arguing that there, there are issues with both films. And there are, just like there are issues with Shin and the anime trilogy, some of the more recent releases was, is what we're talking about here. Um, but still, I mean, without films like Godzilla versus Megalon and, and Godzilla versus the Sea Monster and even Godzilla Raids Again with all of its issues, we wouldn't have what we have today. Right. Um, I think what I get most upset about is when people say, I don't like them because of the special effects or it was before my time. So I'm not going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as one of the larger servers, I've seen that a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really the only time I've ever been like very defensive over the films. You know, you can like Heisei or Millennium or mm-hmm. Legendary more, but it, at least show the film's respect for what they had and what they did. So outside of Godzilla, outside of just the stuff that we both love the most, which is, I can safely say that we love Godzilla above all else. Mm-hmm. What? Might, Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I might be transferring to Ultraman soon. Not sure. I was getting ready <laughs> to ask you. Um, now, uh, Travis and I have talked about, and I've talked about, at length about how I am sort of on my ultra journey is what I like to, mm-hmm. is what I lovingly call it. My ultra journey where when the very, my very first exposure to Ultraman was as, as a child on, I think the WB and I think it may have been Mebus. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe you would know, but I'm not a hundred percent sure of what was, what mm. was playing around the nineties, the mid, the mid to late nineties. Um, that but, would be Tiga or Seven. Okay. If it was so, TNT, it'd be Seven. If it was like four kids, it would be Tiga. Okay, so it was probably Tiga is where my first exposure to Ultraman was, and it was of course the it was of course the dub of, because mm-hmm. uh, you know we didn't get uh, any subtitled versions till much mm-hmm. much later, and and really the you know the love of subtitles really didn't occur until I want to say like the mid two thousands. Am I am I yeah. safe in saying that? 
Yeah. Uh, when people started watching the subtitles and watching these films and television shows in their purest form. And I know that makes me sound super elitist, but that's the best way I know how to put it is when you watch these films with their subtitles, with the, uh, with the, I'm talking about the English subtitles, but with the Japanese language, you're mm-hmm. basically watching them in their purest form. The only step above that would be no subtitles whatsoever. And that's only if you know Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was my first exposure to Ultraman. And then many, many years later, of course, now we're up to uh, how many releases from Mill Creek? Like six or seven at this point. Um, probably mm. um, probably more if you count some of the um, more modern series that they're releasing separately. Um, I didn't take an interest in Ultraman until uh, until I got a whiff of, of Mill Creek releasing Ultra Q. And I thought, well... You know, I'm already a fan of Godzilla. I'm already a fan of other tokusatsu movies. Uh, why not give Ultraman a try? And mm-hmm. that's that's what I've been doing. You know, I watched the original in Q and 7 a few years back. I tried Tiga, couldn't get through it. Um, okay. But whenever Mill Creek started releasing these, um, a good friend of mine and uh, another person... Uh, we all know him as uh, the big bad Ben uh, on Twitter. Oh um, yeah. Super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really, uh, both him and my good friend were really pushing to watch these ultra shows. And eventually I'm just like, you know, I'm going to buy them eventually. So why not just go ahead and watch them? Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I'd seen Q, I'd seen uh, 66, and I had seen 7. So I skipped those, and I watched Jack and then Ace. Okay. Um, I actually got Ace a week early, so I was able to watch it a week early. Um, and Jack, for people who aren't familiar, Jack is a Return Of, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sometimes I get a little carried away with my ultra talk. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I just wanted to make uh, sure that whoever's listening to this, if they're not super familiar with Ultraman, uh, Ultraman Jack is from the return of Ultraman series. Yes. And just to make sure everybody knows Jack in 66 are completely different. Yes, um, they are <laughs> in multiple ways. Yeah. Um, but I've started with those and unlike a lot of, people who are trying to get into ultra i'm going through it chronologically so So i'm going to be waiting a year till i can watch my geed blu-ray that i have (laughs) um oh okay so you mean really chronologically because yes um i'm up to i've not started i'm up to ace but i've not Mm -hmm. started ace yet um i just finished return of which side note Return of, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as much as, say, the latter part of the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually enjoy Ace, or not Ace, I'm sorry, Return of more than even Ultra 7. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Nathan and I talked about this during the last episode was, you know, Ultra 7, its, it's highs are really highs, are really high, but its lows are super low. And mm-hmm. so it's just really hard to, to latch on to that series, at least for me. Uh, but throughout the entire series of Ultra, of Return of Ultraman, um, I've enjoyed it all the way through. Yeah, um, the character Go, uh, the host of uh, Jack, I mm-hmm. love his story arc. His yeah, story arc is absolutely. so good. 
Um, I was blown away by how good they actually wrote him in that story. Um, personally speaking, my favorites, it, it, it's a teeter totter. Sometimes it's 66, sometimes it's seven, but Jack is right underneath them. Um, and then I think it would go ace and then ultra Q. Um, I don't hate any of those. It's just ultra Q is not my style. I like big monster go boom. <laughs> um, not and that's the, fair. I, I think that's fair. And um, I know Eric from Monsters vs. Men. He really loves Ultra Q. And I can see exactly why, because mm-hmm. it's not um, it's not monster wrestling. It's mm-hmm. there's there's it, there's more of a focus on the human element to to Ultra Q um, that I believe is extremely important. I believe mm-hmm. to this to the to the Ultraman franchise. It's extremely important to that Ultra Q was a thing because it, it sort of laid the groundwork for the fact that, yes, there are these giant kaiju and just strange beasts on the earth and humans can't really deal with them that well. So maybe we do need a hero to come and, and save us from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, whenever I say Q is my least favorite, a lot of people automatically think, Oh, he doesn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. It is really well made. Oh, yeah, uh, it, again, it's just down to my preference. I like big monster go boom. <laughs> I don't like the very intricate and well plotted stories that Ultra Q is. Mm-hmm. Um, and another part of it might be it's a little, at least personally, it is more difficult to watch a black and white film with subtitles. Um, now it's not a, it's nothing against them. It's just my issue. I have an issue where I have a difficulty watching those types of things. Generally, when I watch Gojira anymore, I put on David Callet or Ed uh, Gajuszewski and Steve Rifle's commentary because mm-hmm. I can concentrate better to that than I can, right? You know, the Japanese language with subtitles underneath. But I'm loving it. I'm excited for Taro, um, Leo, AD, Jonius, uh, Tiga, Dinah, Gaia, Max, Mebius, Nexus. Um, I can't remember. I, I forget the or- order after uh, Jonius and AD. So. But I, I, I'm really excited to see more. I'm really liking what I'm seeing. So Yeah, I think so. I think so too i mean i i really am enjoying myself so far and i'm like you uh, i'm trying to watch these in chronological order but i do find myself kind of uh after i finish say i finish a show so say i finish a show a series um and then i want to watch say uh something more recent like i i just finished orb uh mm-hmm. and i finished geed a few months back before i before i started return of i finished geed uh, and so I just kind of flip flop back and forth because I like to have those different um, uh, those different sides to it. Like you have the Showa era and then I don't I don't like to watch two Showa era series back to back. That's just my, but that's just my personal preference. But, you know, we can spend all day. I feel like we can spend this whole <laughs> conversation about Ultramans, but we've got a couple things that I want to hit, uh, too, during this episode. And I think one of the important things that you said um back when we were talking about your intro to the fandom was 
you know, without certain films, we wouldn't have the opportunity to do the things and experience the things that we that we do now. And mm-hmm. one of those things uh, was uh, something a little bit more recent, at least around the podcasters community and around the kaiju community. At least this this niche little group that we've kind of developed amongst ourselves is uh, kaiju quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Travis and I want to say yourself and the guys from Tokyo lives, they were very, um, hands-on with getting that started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for specifically Travis and of course, Rob, uh, who can forget Kaiju quarantine too. We'll touch on that in a minute, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we wouldn't have the opportunities to do these things. Mm-hmm. And you know, what, when we when the when the idea of kaiju quarantine came up, what did what was your initial um, thought to that? Effort, let's do it. <laughs> um, uh, I am generally I like to plan ahead, um, and I will admit I was pretty nervous because you know I I hadn't talked to you guys yet, and you know I'm like I, I don't know because you know I'm kind of out here and I'm not that invested with everything um but uh you know i was just like you know what if i don't do this i'll regret it let's just see how it goes the worst that can happen is i don't do it and then once we started to get everything in motion uh i started getting a little more hands-on with like the promotional material all the posters um and so forth uh and, and really, for the, for the benefit, Elijah, of the person listening to this who may not ha- know what in the hell are they even talking about <laughs> Kaiju Quarantine, uh, I probably should have said what Kaiju Quarantine was actually about. Um, so basically, it was me, you, Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault, the guys from Monsters vs. Men, Tokyo Lives, Kaiju Transmissions, Kaiju Weekly, Gargantu Cast. Um, who am I forgetting? Um, is that everyone? Uh, is that it? Is that it? Is that everyone? Uh, there was eight of us. There was eight of us the first time around, and I think there was there was well there was actually a few more the second round of Kaiju Quarantine. We'll get to that in a minute. But basically, uh, during COVID, during all this pandemic, we decided to come together and host a two day movie marathon over Discord, and that and we just wanted to do this for the fandom to give folks uh, a, something to watch and kind of turn their brains off and communicate with all of us and just have a good time. And that first Kaiju quarantine, I would honestly call that a, I was skeptical heading into it, honestly, but man, I was pleasantly impressed on how well that thing went off. Yes. Um, not to, and I hope you can always edit this out if need be, uh, compared to the Kaiju Combat uh, Ultraman stream, we dominated. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't see how we were able to make it. Everything went perfectly fine during that mm-hmm. first week or that yeah. first quarantine. Um, I don't think there was ever a single, maybe, oh, streaming. There was a bit of a streaming issue, but. Other than that, it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, no issues that I remember. 
I think we had one issue where um, Kyle from Tokyo Lives tried to stream it over Facebook and Facebook took us down because of mm-hmm. copyright. Uh, that was the only issue we had the whole weekend. Everything mm-hmm. else I felt like personally went off without a hitch. And the great thing about Kaiju Quarantine was, you know, obviously we're watching these films. We're, we're, we're commenting and comment, providing commentary about these films in lo- in, you know, in live time. Um, but it, it caused people that normally would not sit down and have a conversation with each other to do mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. I think the first episode of uh, Kaiju Quarantine I was on, oh uh, shoot, I can't even remember the film. It escapes me. But I, I remember talking with it was one of the few. It was one of the first times I had ever interacted with um, uh, Alex from mm-hmm. uh, Monsters vs. Men. Of course, there was Travis there, uh, and I want to say Nathan was there from the Monster Island Film Vault, and maybe even Chris from Gargantua Cast. We had quite a few. Uh, participating on that very first run of Kaiju Quarantine. And the great thing about mm-hmm. it was, was just we were able to sit down and have a conversation with people that, you know, we normally wouldn't have a conversation with. And I think, uh, at least I hope, uh, however, that it's fostered some really good relationships because of that. You know, I I think personally that, uh, now, David uh, from Kaiju Apostle I had talked to prior um But like you and Travis, I think we've gotten a bit of a closer friendship because of quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I hold uh, Rob and Kyle in such high regard um, for all of their hard work they've done. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Nathan and I, uh, we've started talking to each other a lot more. Um, Trying to think. Uh, I'm kind of an antisocial person, so I, I haven't talked to everyone as much as I think everybody else has. Right. Um, but still, like the I would not be talking to the podcasters that I do mm-hmm. without quarantine, even though it's a slight amount of talking. I still do it enough that you know we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of these definitely. guys, I have their personal cell numbers and I'll text them throughout the week. Just just check in like or just have a random conversation with them. I know uh, Nathan and I have become very good friends. Me and Travis have become very good friends, although we had Kaiju Weekly beforehand. But I think um, Kaiju Quarantine has caused us to even become better friends because we we kind of went through this experience together. And of course, you, uh, the guys from Tokyo Lives, you cannot forget about the king of Trash Mountain himself, uh, <laughs> Rob uh, of Tokyo Lives. And of course, poor Kyle, uh, his co-host. Oh, man, I, f- I kind of feel bad for Kyle now because of all the stuff that Rob put us through with uh, <laughs> Kaiju Quarantine 2. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was, it was such a such a fun experience. Oh, I, I remember now why I was so stressed during this two day weekend. I forgot that I was on Black Scorpion, which was the first one. And I think oh, I was on yeah. there with yeah, Travis. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, I remember. I think uh, I th- I, I, my my episode, my first episode on Kaiju Quarantine was later on in the evening with Godzilla versus Gigan. And I remember listening to the commentary. I remember uh, logging in for the commentary on Black Scorpion and just hearing Travis just laugh hysterically. <laughs> 
over something that I can't even remember what he was laughing at. And I thought, okay, these guys, if it's, if it's, if it's a success or not, this, these guys are having a ton of fun. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> you know, when you brought up ton of fun, I immediately went to uh final war. <laughs> uh, Oh goodness. Uh, <laughs> oh god. And say final for the for the first kite for the Kaiju Quarantine one, um uh, Final Wars was the finale. And for anyone who was not participating in that, oh my god. <laughs> it was so intense, audio <laughs> listener. I passed out because I just couldn't handle I just couldn't handle the glory of, of Final Wars. <laughs> Or I couldn't handle my beer. I don't know which one it was. Maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. Because we'd all, I think we'd all been drinking at that point. Oh, God. It was Kaiju Quarantine 2, Journey to Trash Mountain, or just Trash Mountain. I can't remember exactly what it was called. But basically, Rob, in his infinite wisdom or malice, I'm not sure which one it was, um, decided he was going to bring us the re- most ridiculous, trashy kaiju films that he could possibly find. And it was going to conclude with a mystery film handpicked by himself. Um, and boy, that was a doozy. We'll get to that one in a second. Um, but man, that, God, that whenever, when I tuned in for Yeti, um, it was just a simultaneous Yeti nipple <laughs> from the uh, from the commentators and on the chat. I was looking at the chat and the chat just erupts with Yeti nipple. <laughs> and oh man, it was so much fun. I know Travis when he listens to this episode. If I leave this part in, which I probably will, um, he's gonna crack up because he loves Yeti. And I've never, I don't understand why it's not a very good movie. Um, well, then confessions time. I quite like it. <laughs> I know you do. And for someone for someone with such good taste as you, Elijah, I'm surprised you like that film. <laughs> I mean, if I like Reptilian, I'm pretty sure I can like. Well, that's Jordan. true. Yeah, Reptilian is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of heart in Yeti. Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of something, but I don't think it's hard. <laughs> um, but I mean, that whole weekend was fantastic. I wish we had time to to make this a Kaiju quarantine recap episode, but unfortunately we don't have the next two hours to do that. <laughs> um, but just please audio listener, if we ever have a, another Kaiju quarantine, um, hopefully we might have one. Uh, later on this year or maybe the beginning of next year i'm not sure you know schedules of course have to line out um but if we do uh please please join the server because it is a ton of fun lots of fun but man i mean you um you've been so involved over the last several months uh and i want to say that you are pretty much you're a lot like a lot of folks in this fandom you're a jack of all trades and one of your talents and one of your hobbies, I guess it's, I guess I could call it a hobby. Uh, your skill set is photography. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know that you post a lot on social media, uh, your toy photography, figure photography. And for me personally, as a collector and someone who actually likes that kind of stuff, your work is really, really good. So let me ask you, um, how did you get started with that part of it? 
Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, so a friend of mine who on Instagram goes by the username Hanna-Barbera Godzilla, him and I got in a voice call um, on my server. And uh, we just started talking, um, which then led to uh, what he really liked, which was figure photography. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, you know, I've got some buildings. You know, I, I want to be a filmmaker. Why not just, you know, test the waters? Let's see what I can do with what I've got, um, which eventually led to uh, me buying hundreds of dollars worth of buildings. Um, and eventually, you know, uh, every other day, uh, I take a photo whenever I got the time. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's an hour or two of just clowning around with miniature buildings and the action figures I've bought throughout the years, you know? It's not really stressful. It's just, what can I do to take up some time I've got? Um, so I, I have a lot of fun, uh, you know, just taking photos. There's a uh, lot of, uh, there's a lot of folks that I follow in the fandom, um, that take excellent photos, excellent mm -hmm. photos. My, one of my inspirations, really, it's one of the, it's one of the accounts that I started following right as I started collecting, uh, figures when I started collecting like X plus and SH monster arts and things, uh, was the, the account from, uh, mykaiju.com. Mm -hmm. uh, his work, John Ruffin's work is excellent it's beautiful work and his niche is he recreate like he recreates actual scenes or he tries to recreate actual scenes from the films mm -hmm. and i just thought that was super interesting now you um i love your photography because you put your figures and you uh, you compose them in such a way that that's really unique and interesting um what is like what is to date what is your favorite photo you've ever taken oh boy <laughs> um so uh there's actually a few i really really like so mm -hmm. uh, it was the first one i really like was my second photo i'd ever done um mm -hmm. where i got my rebirth godzilla some candlelight a dim down light um okay. and blue leds and i accidentally recreated a scene from Biolante. Okay. Um, I really loved that one. I'm not sure how I did it. Um, a lot of the stuff I do is just like, oh, gee, I accidentally did this. <laughs> it works. Um, it's actually how I came up with the podcast new logo. <laughs> um, so that one I really like. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's one with one of my NECA 54 Godzilla figures that was lit up purely with candlelight that I mm. really, really like. Um, another one was my 2019 NECA. Uh, I used the Atomic Blast version. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was using a bunch of different red, purple, blue, orange uh, lighting, whether it was candles or whatever. And I had a humidifier that was putting out some water vapor right somehow i timed the camera just right that some of the water vapor 
looked like flames coming from oh. the other side of a building. Okay. So I really love that one for its realisticness. Mm -hmm. um, and then other than that, I did a camera photo. Uh, I think I just recently put it on my Instagram account um, where it was Gamera and Barugan. And to me, at least, it felt like this could have been a screenshot from the movie, mm -hmm. uh, which I was really proud of that one. Uh, and then there's a few others that I really, really like. Um, right. It's kind of hard to describe all of them, but. Uh, it's fine. I'll uh, I'll try to find links to these. If you have them on your Instagram, I'll try to find links to them. Uh, and then I'll post links in the show notes so that folks can kind of see a point of reference. Alrighty. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, I, I kind of the way reason I take so many photos and sometimes I take three or four of the same setup, just different angles and lighting right. is I can find a favorite part of every uh, photo I take. Um, right. it's never all perfect. But there's parts that I just love um, in my Gamera one. It's got a green tint like the Barugan movie had. Um, mm -hmm. And the eyes, uh, I made them pop like they were in the movie. Um, okay. The set's a little bare, but the rest of it, I think, makes it look even better. Uh, and I've really liked a lot of my photography and so much so I've not to sound like a narcissist, but they're now my uh, wallpapers. I just really like a lot of what I've done. Uh, like I said, it's just those little parts, I think, add up to it. And uh, it, it's really hard to pick a defined, like, this is my favorite. Do you do a lot of post-production, like, for... For example, for me, if I take a photo of one of my figures, I'll probably do some some kind of Photoshop manipulation. Yeah. Uh, the one I showed you of the the liftoff scene from Mecha, uh, the liftoff photo I made of Mechagodzilla. Mm -hmm. um, that was purely made. Uh, I took a figure outside, shot it in such from a, from a, up from a uh, from a ground level angle. And then took it into Photoshop and and played with it until I got it right. Now, do you do a lot of post production like that, or is it strictly, or do you try to get it as perfect out of the camera as you possibly can? Um, I am one of those people that the camera should capture what you want. So, mm -hmm. other than whether it's eyes or it's just like a filter, uh, like overlay, you know, making it look like oh, it's more like a old photo or something. Uh, right. in the sky, skies, uh, weird overlays, and eyes. Those are the only things I really touch. Outside of that, I keep it as prestige and clean as I can. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting because I know uh, a lot of folks <clears throat> that do do figure photography, they'll spend hours in Lightroom or Photoshop trying to get it perfect. And I just find that really interesting that you – capture the moment straight with 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 the glass only well mostly with the glass only um now talking about sort of your process um what like how long does it take you to get a, a scene set up uh what kind of a, you know what kind of camera are you using just 
Kenny, walk us briefly through sort of your process from from concept to finished photo. So it starts as I'm bored in a call and I need something (laughs) to do. So I grab all my buildings, throw them on my bed, get my table I put propped up against my wall, and I just put things so they look like, oh, this could be a a city. and then whoever I'm in the call with, sometimes I'll ask, what's your favorite kaiju? So they say, Destroya. I'll say, okay, uh, what's your favorite kaiju? And they say, Zilla. I'll do Zilla versus Destroya. Um, and, you know, I just throw the lights around that I feel like, oh, this looks cool. I like this. Um, I turn out the lights, use my phone, go to the pro uh setting on my camera and just mess with settings a bit and take a photo and then if i have to put in like uh some skies or fix the eyes or you know minor touches here and there i'll do that but other than that i really just kind of okay what's next what can i do what advice would you have for someone who's kind of new who's they don't have to be new but someone who has uh, a lot of figures, a lot of toys, but wants to get into photography. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into into photography, specifically like figure and toy photography as a hobby? Grab a camera, take photos. My first one I did was not that good, but uh, just whenever you take photos, I always feel like, okay, if I was doing a movie, mm-hmm. how would I want this angled? How would I want this lighted? What would mm-hmm. he want to, you know, what is the most visually appealing to myself? And I just kind of go with what my eyes and my heart tells me to go with. Um, so, yeah, just it doesn't have to be a $300 camera. My phone is $100 and I got it from switching from my old uh, network to the, my new one. And it's running out of storage and it's four years old, but it works perfectly. Um, All you need is a camera outside of that. You're golden. Yeah. Okay. Now we all have our favorites. Uh, We all have our figure. We all have our toys um, that are our favorites that we feel is the most photogenic in our collection. Um, so I'll ask you, which is, which, which one is your favorite? Which one is your, the one, what is your go-to, the one you love to take photos of the most? So I feel like I'm starting to oversaturate my gallery, but it's the Rebirth SHMA Godzilla. Um, it's really my only Godzilla that's an SHMA. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to change that soon. Uh, but I tend to take most of my photos with that one uh, just because of the detail and, you know, the posability. Um, I'm going to be investing into the Biolante, so maybe it'll become Biolante um, by the start of next year. Uh, I really like my Kiryu SHMA that I use, but um, if I'm going to be honest, a lot of the most fun I've had is with bandais and bootlegs. Um, oh, yeah. One that I really like 
is it's an Imperial Godzilla figure with a bootleg King Kong. And I yeah, just, I, I think I seen that on your feed. Uh, I, I, I know I just saw that photo maybe a couple of days ago. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I love because it's not supposed to be this, oh, it's a figure photography. I am prestige, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. I'm having fun. Right. Uh, funny thing was my Godzilla is actually shorter than Kong. So I had to use some, uh, you know, some stuff to make him look taller and, you know, move Kong farther to the back and so forth. Um, it's also about perspective. Uh, angling is one of the best parts. Um, and as a sucker for Terror of Mechagodzilla, the dolly shots where it's pointed upwards and it's just kind of panning across the screen as Godzilla yeah. and Titanosaurus are fighting, I love mm-hmm. that. Um, which that's part of what I try and replicate in my photos is that kind of ground shot kind of Gareth Edwards, but not as dark and dirty. Um, The beauty of the beast is really what I try and capture. Now, I I don't remember seeing it on the internet, um, at least on any of your accounts, but you said something about you do stop motion. Am I correct? Yes. Um, Um, How did you get into stop motion? I think I just, uh, let's see. I haven't done a lot, a lot, but I've done a decent amount of shorts. Um, honestly, I think it was because uh, Spielberg is, you know, he is the director for me. Um, right. I think I was watching something and he was talking about whenever he was a wee lad, how he started with stop motion. Um, just shorts of dinosaurs eating his friends or whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. And, you know, in King Kong uh, 33, that was another one that was a huge inspiration. I feel like it's kind of the go-to, unfortunately, but um, it was. But, uh, you know, I just kind of went with it. I actually did something uh, on my YouTube channel um, where I was – you know, I was I was bored one day, so I wrote up a, the story outline for Godzilla and COVID nineteen. Um, okay. Basically, where it was Godzilla walks into Tokyo one day, the military tries to stop him, they get blown up, and this guy just sneezes, and Godzilla turns and walks away. Um, you know, it's very basic, very stupid, but. You know, whenever you're at up at three o'clock in the morning and you're not wanting to go to sleep, you just do whatever comes to your mind. I totally get where you're coming from. Um, so before you know, before we kind of wrap up here, Elijah, um, I want to ask you one more question, and it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, kaiju or tokusatsu related. It can be anything, uh, and the question is just simply what are you binging right now iron king um (laughs) i started yesterday actually um i was forced to take a little vacation um so i had 
figure out what to do uh, for the morning that I had nothing to do. Uh, so I just, because I bought uh, Iron King and Super Robot Red Baron like okay. months ago, and right. I just haven't had time to watch them. Mm -hmm. uh, so to fill the time between Ultraman releases, you know, I figured, oh, I'll watch this obscure stuff. Sure. Um, so yesterday I started Iron King. Uh, I'm halfway through it currently, and I have to say, for an Ultraman wannabe, it's really good. Okay. I've never seen it personally. Um, but so give it like, what is it about? What's the premise? Um, so basically it's Ultraman, except he's not an alien. It's a lab mm -hmm. experiment. And the main character is not the uh, Sajin. Uh, it is the secondary character that actually is your main character is basically indiana jones but cool okay. <laughs> um, all right and they just fight these clans around japan trying to overthrow the uh uh country and that's basically the entire plot of every episode <laughs> now is that show uh pretty easily accessible where would somebody yes. find that um, so the Mill Creek release is like five bucks on eBay. Um, it's very easily accessible. Uh, I, I just was bored one day and I ordered it because it was that easily accessible. Uh, that one, Red Baron's really easy. Um, and I think you can get both for like 10 bucks. Uh, that's okay. like 40 hours of entertainment for like, 10 15 dollars so it's not that bad at all you can't even get a movie ticket for that anymore <laughs> even when even when they weren't closed right <laughs> um so that's what i'm watching currently i tried to watch uh tattoo teenage alien fighters from beverly hills oh goodness uh, i have like if we if we do um if we do a toku quarantine or something of that nature for the next for for number three I'm really pushing to have that included because I remember that as a kid and it is God awful from it's, what I remember. It's, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. It's all from what I recall. Now I, I, I remember not really liking it as a kid and I had pretty low standards as a kid, let me tell you. Um, but I can only imagine what it's like now. I'm, I, I YouTubed it the other day when Travis and I were talking about like doing a, a toku quarantine or something and, I was kind of going down memory lane of all the different shows I used to watch as a kid. And that one came up in, as a suggestion. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, oh, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> Even entertaining this growing up. That and uh, Beetleborgs. Of course, Beetleborgs was not terrible. Um, oh, God, there was another VR one. Troopers. VR Troopers, which, you know, VR Troopers was good. I haven't seen uh, currently, like I said, I'm watching Ultra and then the obscure stuff. Currently, it's Iron King, Red Baron, Tattoo Teenage. Then it's either going to be Beetleborgs or VR Troopers, and then whichever okay. one I don't pick. And then I'm going to try to get Superhero, uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, the U.S. Okay. version of Gridman. Uh, and then uh, I've got a list of Toku shows saved on my phone. Uh, and then once I get through Ultra and all that obscure stuff, I'm either going to do Rider or Sentai 
if I do Sentai, I'll do like one Sentai, one Power Rangers, and back and mm-hmm. forth. Uh, yeah, one a, a person that you probably, if you want to get into Sentai and Power Rangers, uh, Chris from the Kaiju Apostle loves him some Super Sentai and Power Rangers, so he would be a good person to get in touch with. Uh, I recently just finished season three of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, unashamed to say that I love it just as much now as I probably did as a kid. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that all sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to have to, I'll make a list of all the, all the stuff we talked about here and I'll try to find links to it and I'll throw them in the show notes. But Elijah, before we get out of here, uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> Um, so of course I host a podcast, um, Kaiju Conversation, um, we're on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-B-E-R-S, um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, any podcast sites, uh, that I know of, um, I'm personally on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, if you want my figure photography, um, ET13 Productions. Uh, for YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and then my surfer, that's basically my child, um, is Kaiju Conversation. Uh, if you go to Discord, it's the top. Whenever you add largest server, it's the top Godzilla one. Uh, and if you look it up, I think even Google's got a link to it. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't think I have any more social media. Um, After like the fifth account, it gets really kind of jumbled up what you have. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, So I think that's everything. Um, Like I said, if you really want photography, Instagram's the place to go. If you want my more personal thoughts, Twitter's the place to go. If you want me talking, uh, my podcast or YouTube is the place to go. And if you just want a place where you can have fun and chill with 511 other people, my discord server is a lot of fun. Um, the people are on voice chats a lot. So if you're, if you like voice chats can get a little crazy, but you know, they're very active. Um, and then really all I have left to say is thank you, Michael. Um, I appreciate having me on. Uh, I think we actually went over the time I thought we were going to. So um, it's good to see that we have plenty to talk about. Um, and, you know, it's always a pleasure talking to you and Travis. Always fun. Man. Man, I really appreciate it. Uh, you were obviously whenever I <clears throat> when I started this little adventure, you were obviously at the top of my list because, like we've talked about, you know, we've all become really good friends with each other from all of our interactions through the community and then Kaiju Quarantine. Uh, so yeah, it was a pleasure. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to have this conversation with me. I don't know how long it's going to, I don't know how long we've been talking, but (laughs) it's been an excellent conversation regardless. Uh, So thank you so much, Elijah. And I'll be putting links to everything we talked about in the show notes so that you can go and check out everything Elijah has his hands in. And I know it's a lot, but it'll all be there. Uh, And probably just a few extra little tidbits too. So until next time, guys, Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Groupie Podcast, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton using RedCircle.com. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to continue this conversation, please email me directly at kaijugroupiepod at gmail.com. Also, follow us on social media by joining the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, on Twitter at Kaiju Groupie Pod, and on Instagram at The Kaiju Groupie. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite giant monster podcasts. Also, please take a moment to rate and review the show. This will help spread the word to other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, and if you do, I promise I'll read your comments on the next episode. All film, audio clips, and graphics belong to their respective copyright holders with no infringement being intended or implied. So until next time, I'm Michael, the Kaiju Groupie, signing off. Thank you.